lived in China. Was that growing up? Um, or as an adult? No, it was as a, well, I was still a child, I would say. At the age of 17, I went for the first time over okay. um, summer after my first year of university. And uh, I, I would like to say, I mean, the, the short story is that I, I loved it and I, I got obsessed with Chinese culture and Chinese language and it ended up being my major. Um, if I was to extend that story just a little bit, the, um, that first trip to China was actually very hard. I found it trying to be really dirty, really messy, really polluted. I felt sick the whole time, you know, head cold kind of thing. People were, this was mid 90s, people were just attacking me, trying to sell me stuff, you know. And uh, I didn't speak any Chinese, so I couldn't really connect with people much more than as an American traveling, touring consumer and student, you know. Um, and I found it to be a really shallow and just unfulfilling connection. So I came back to the States a little bit demoralized about the whole thing. And uh, I can't help but notice that people are doing some throat singing right now. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. Um, and I came back a little bit demoralized and feeling like, ah, good riddance. I don't know if that's the place for me, you know. And then I just, you know, I, I have these very socially conscious parents and uh, I've come from a place where I sort of just came out of the womb, like, concerned about humanity, you know, and just one of those people. And so when I, when I realized I was disenchanted with a nation of 1.3 billion people, I knew that that was a problem and I needed to figure that out. So it was so. your problem, not their problem. Yes, That's a great my, attitude. Yeah, I decided I, I needed to figure out what my part of the equation was, you know. And um, and, and so I, I went back. That's why I went back. And musically, were you already into music when you were there the first time? I loved music, but um, in the same way, um, a real sort of surface hobbyist is into music. I loved singing. I was in choirs, but I was never, you know, usually you become a musician because somebody says you're good at it. Somebody spots you and says, oh, you're amazing, and you get that reinforcement, you know, and I never did. So I didn't fancy myself a musician. Certainly never dreamed of a career in music. Um, so yeah, no, I, I thought I was going to go study law in China, and I was going to have a practical career, you know, adventuresome in the sense that I'd be doing Sino-US relations stuff. but. Um, practical in the sense that it's law and there's always a job, you know. And um, the music thing really came as a result of being so, um, eventually being so, so immersed in Chinese culture in terms of learning and the study of it and the adventure of travel there that I, I started to wonder um, what there was in American culture that could in any way rival this amazing, ancient, rich culture that I was so enamored with at this point. And um, that's, that's when I was in college and I was dating a, a bluegrass musician at the time. And he put on a record of, of Doc Watson. Um, and it just hit me at the right time where I said, oh my God, that's beautiful. And I decided to explore what it was, you know, because I was learning a little bit about bluegrass from him. And I learned that it was old time Appalachian music. And as I followed the doorways, you know, into old time Appalachian music, I discovered that it was, um, really the first American, truly um, American sound and uh, that it was this combination of Africa and Scotland and Ireland coming together and on the east coast of, the, of America and that it was really the seed of um, what has become the greatest the greatest contribution of society in the world uh, of our American society in the world which is this new kind of music that emerged from the suffering and the searching and the hoping of these people.
uh, that came to America in the very beginning. So you, you became connected to the spirit, the historic spirit and the emotional, spiritual element of the music, That's not right. just the, the twanging of steel strings over a skin. Right, no, no. <laughs> and I would imagine for most musicians there's some kind of spiritual draw, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, for, certainly for me there was yeah. a big one. And uh, it just sort of, it tied everything together. It made me feel like I had more of a center, like I understood myself as an American better. And um, it helped me engage China in a more meaningful way that wasn't me trying to suck this life out of this place because I needed it. It was like all of a sudden I was this whole cultural being that could, could face China and go, hey, we've got cool stuff too. <laughs> Do you feel the link between banjo, the bluegrass banjo music and traditional Chinese music? Because I sometimes think that I can hear that. Yes. Uh -huh. Do you hear that? Um, well, I play... I don't really play bluegrass, I play old-time yeah. Appalachian music, okay. so um, to answer it more specifically, yeah, I do hear it from the old-time tradition, and I hear it because, um, well, probably mostly because I think every folk tradition around the world essentially has some kind of lute that's been made out of found objects. Um, when there was suddenly a need to express life beyond just the voice, there was the, you know, the finding of these items, you know, skin, you know, the leftover skin of, of animals and guts and uh, gourds or, or wooden rings or whatever they might be and string it all up and, and, and most cultures around the world have something like this. So ours, ours is probably the closest thing to that that's the least cultivated instrument is the banjo coming from the Encanting from Gambia. And um, in China, they, they have the same thing. You know, they have the snake head over the wooden body with the gut strings, and, um, and they all have a similar kind of reverberation. You know, it's yeah. a size that fits the, the, the playing of the human body, yeah. and um, it's a resonance that can carry the voice. And most of those instruments in the beginning weren't abode. That was the next step, you know? So they were played with the human fingers. Yeah. So there's a flesh against string sound. And that sound usually, depending on the make of the instrument, but before there were metals, of course, it was a fairly brief resonance, you know? So you have, you have this brief sort of resonance and, and you have the banjo playing with the pipa or the zhongran, which are both lutes, Chinese lutes, that have a similar kind of um, length of resonance in, in each plucked string. And so, yeah, I think they, they feel like kindred spirits because they come from that universal place of, of folk, the folk tradition. Mm -hmm. So thinking about, and this is a great segue, sound coming from containers, mm. how do you think pregnancy is affecting <laughs> your music making? I'm loving the effect of pregnancy on my music making. Um, uh, there's a few things. One is that um, I'm having the experience, I know not everybody does, but of, of increased circulation and um, support uh, for my diaphragm. Um, I just might be made in a certain kind of way where the, the baby where it's planted is just really supporting, um, supporting a beautiful ease of singing and a lot of air, a lot of extra air, a lot of extra support. So I'm having a really hell of a good time. So physiologically, it's yeah. doing that. So physiologically. Any spiritually, your creative well, side? Um, I guess I think it's all very connected, but um, the, the other thing that it's caused me to do is um, this, I think every woman's, I mean, I may be wrong, but I think every woman's pregnancy exists in a certain way to teach her what she needs to learn in order to be a mother. Um, and for me, I'm the kind of, a woman that's been very, very active and taken on a lot physically and emotionally and intellectually in my work and uh, in my touring. And um, this pregnancy has taught me that I have to do half as much 
and I have to be twice, twice as powerful in what I do. And um, I love that effect on my life. And it's teaching me that I need to be slow, steady, and thoughtful. And that action and uh, ambition aren't, aren't necessarily the things that are gonna make for a good baby and make for a good pregnancy, make for a good life. So I am chilling out. And I'm, <laughs> I, believe it or not, I'm doing a lot less than I ever used to do. And I feel everything feels more meaningful. So um, I know that translates to the music. When I sit on stage, I'm not th trying so hard. I'm not trying so hard. I just sit there and I go, okay, it's, I'm on stage now, and here we go. You know, as opposed to like, okay, scripting out what I'm going to say on stage. You know, it's a very different Do you think vibe. having an instrument like this next to your belly effect, will affect the developing child? Everybody says so. I believe them. Yeah. I can't imagine that it doesn't because, you know, I, I learn a little bit about the development of the baby, and it's, it, it hears. I mean, I don't know how specifically it hears. It feels like you're inside of some noise-canceling headphones, I'm sure, in the womb. But, um, I mean, if, if it's going to hear anything, it's going to be this open-back banjo literally sitting like a helmet on my belly, you know? So, um, yeah, I would think that it's almost like a rock concert in there for that little guy. It's going to come out a... He's going to come out a electric guitar player or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like, that's what I was hearing when he hears the banjos. We're like, wow. Yes, yes. And also, the adrenaline that you're pumping out when you're performing will also yeah. pass through. So the, yeah. a sense of excitement with the sound of music. I do wonder, because a lot of people say that um, things that babies are really exposed to in the womb actually bring a calming effect in life. Yes. So I do wonder if music and high energy situations will actually bring an ease to the child. This is all conjecture. I have no idea. I hear they come out that. and you never know what to expect. I do I imagine that it's kind of rare for um, a pregnant woman to, uh, I, I can't imagine there's more than a couple hundred kids who have been born into a situation where they have a mom that plays the banjo on top yeah, of their belly all the time. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I, I'm being told to wind up. Okay, now, so here we go. You go.